CHP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode. Hello, you golfing legends, and welcome back to another episode of the original Off Course. I'm your host, Dan Edwards, and joining me this week is what has become a regular on the show, and thank goodness he, he provides clarity to a lot of my insanity. Uh, his name is James Miles. His beard is getting better. It was maniacal, then it was like gone, and now it's just clean. What's up, James? Oh, we're we're getting there. I, I like to refer to myself as the comedic relief every now and again, but the uh, the beards the beards getting better. The boss lady wanted it back, so here we are, and we'll see how <laughs> maniacal I let it get again. Man, I think you look great. Uh, also, you you got a brand new house, my guy. Congratulations, that's really exciting. It is chaos, but it is it's like. I don't know. It's very, very exciting. It's exciting for the kids. We got more space. It's exciting for Mama. She gets to stay in the town that she she works at, and it's good. It, it's worth the chaos. I think it's a good opportunity to jump straight into the first bit of conversation I had planned to have with you today. I've been enjoying your uh, re-return to the golf room setup. So you've got... <laughs> um, what looks to be your own room, which you've tagged my room, which is great. I look forward to abusing it uh, when I when I arrive there. But uh, it, it's a room that while you unpack everything else, you get to unpack some of the things you're most proud of in, in golf collecting, which you know is obviously now a sport in itself. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> um, true. Uh, I've seen a few photos go up there. Your newly new fondness for hatch golf. They're making some awesome stuff over there. Uh, longstanding fondness of swag head covers the and uh, a couple staff bags what is this golf room i'm speaking of for those who are not familiar with all these <laughs> photos you've been launching around uh it's basically the place where i put all of my stuff that my wife doesn't want to see <laughs> um so part of the bigger house was it, i i get a room like this she gets an office for her her uh, side hustle business i call it side hustle it's her coaching business i shouldn't say that she's gonna get mad when she listens um but this is just kind of my little my little getaway cave because the kids have got their thing now and and I get mine. I've got I've got all my head covers. I've got a lot of head covers. Um, I've also got some pretty cool THP memorabilia in here though that's all hanging across the walls. So there's a there's a Cobra staff bag that you remember well. Uh, you know, there's some pin flags that are signed, some some different stuff like that. It's it's nice to have kind of a little getaway. And yes, your your pullout bed is here with the big TV that you demanded. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember demanding a TV, but uh, I'm looking forward to spooning with a staff bag. I've never tried that before. Um, you know, it's funny. I see, and and our, our discussion is always that we're going to slide into the more video-based portion of the podcast, which you know, it'll, it'll happen when it happens. But um, one of the things I've always done when I've been on video, at least in my office, is directly behind me ends up being the things that I'm most excited about. I've actually moved my office a little bit in the last few months back to a place it was a couple years ago and you look behind me and there's granddaddy stuff you know there's memories from a gathering up in northern ohio when i shot my first i think it was like a bogey free 67 uh i got my my golf balls all the memories behind me it's it's so funny how we as golfers just collect because when mm -hmm. i look at I, I feel like we've had this conversation a little bit before maybe i have when i try and talk about it because to, for me, it's more about uh, like I, I would rather buy 
I don't know, 10 pin flags in a year from golf courses than one really fancy piece of art to put in my house. Now, wife doesn't agree. She might because she's now a full swing addict. So, you know, maybe she's you know coming around on it. We get her out to like Kapalua, maybe some of these crazy courses. She'll get it. We'll like throw a Kapalua flag, go down to Bay Hill. There'll be a big giant umbrella, you know, in our living room. But uh, it's funny how we we want to be presented especially in the places we exist in most regularly. Um, and I feel like that much of that is the same as you have the ability in your house to have a style, but then you have your room, which kind of showcases the things you're truly passionate about in golf. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm a lot the same way. I mean, you, we've been enough places together. I mean, when we got to play Bay Hill, that was one of the first things I went and grabbed funny enough was a pin flag. And I've got my my Arnie corner, which has got that, and the scorecard that's in a, in a in a shadow box, and our guest bag tag and bag stuff tag, like I that. Saw that. Yeah, yeah, I've got a you know, but there's I've got some art. I do some of it. I've got a couple Arnie paintings that are, but they're not uh, traditional. I guess you'd say one of them's like neon pink and yeah, purple. Yeah, they're very you. <laughs> so, but uh, I, I just I like having a space that you can you can kind of, I mean, I come in here and I just relax. Like everything about it's comfortable. It's it's going to be conducive to my writing. It's going to be conducive uh, to going through all that data that I'm trying to capture and stuff. And the new opportunities there, and it's good. I, I don't know. I that's golf is so multifaceted. It's not just about going to a golf course and playing a course for me. It is about those core memories that you kind of develop, um, and and they come in all different shapes and sizes. And it's like I always say, like it's just be me in the head cover game. There's a lot of people that don't understand it and I get it. I get that you don't understand it, but you know, this is a much better to me in my mindset outlet for me than a lot of other things could be. You know, I collect head covers as opposed to like, <laughs> like cars heroin, or something. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like or heroin. I wasn't going to go drugs, but <laughs> sure. Heroin. Well, you know, uh, so I collect Listen, head covers. I've, with, I've been with on cool Facebook. On them. <laughs> I've been on eBay and Facebook. I know what it's like looking at these head covers. There's no way it's like car buying. This is pure heroin. well you know not to say i know what heroin's like i'm sure it's great not uh (laughs) not familiar but you know the idea is and and i was going to ask you about that because you go through waves there's no doubt about it for me you find something you get really excited about it it, it, i think a lot of it for you is like finding those lanes you go into collections so you have like certain styles of covers that the companies make like swag easiest example is swagatha or um, they did a Street Fighter collab. Street Fighters, you, you yeah. got all those. Um, I, I've tried, and and I don't think I'll ever get to that level. I also have a seven-year-old who I collect Funko Pops with, so I have to kind of like pick and choose <laughs> how crazy I get. But you know, behind me, I've got five or six of the head covers that are based off money, and mm-hmm. um, it, it's one of my favorite things that they do. Money is one of your favorite things. No, no, no. It's one of my favorite things they do. Money's irritating, dude. I hate it. (laughs) You know, but it's hard because you get you get so excited. Uh, One of the issues I have, and and this isn't a direction I plan to go to, but I kind of want to talk about it. It's when a company has a really good idea and they limit it or put it in a place that's unbelievably limited because it's a good idea um, Mm -hmm. while their other comparables are not as good. Um, I was looking at the Bay Hill drop from swag and, and listen, don't get me wrong. Arnie man is a pretty cool concept. It's not my concept. Wasn't a huge fan. And I, well, yeah, it's, it's up there in yours. So that's fine. But you know, <laughs> you get this point where it's like, 
okay, let's compare it to something else. And it just so happened they they are video a photo released of one of their um uh king covers that kings, had a folded yep. up umbrella on it. And I was like, that's everything. I would game that for the next two years <laughs> if I get in my bag. And unfortunately, it was one of the unbelievably limited drops that went to their uh, tour concierge site. Yeah, don't give a putt. Um, yeah, don't give a putt. So it's like I'm not trying to criticize them as a company. Like obviously, it's a it's a great model and it works. Um, but man, there's there's a lot of I don't want to say fatigue, but frustration when it comes to that. You mm-hmm. see something you really want, and listen, man, I'm a fairly normal dude. I'm not. I, I like the idea of winning a drop. I don't like the idea of paying someone else for winning a drop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like it was hard enough to stomach the $150 or $200 for a head cover. Now you go, you got to go to aftermarket cause you're going to miss. Right. And it just, it hurts because it's like, that's a really cool cover. I really wanted my bag, but there's this money wall mm-hmm. that exists and it's not like I can't buy it. I, of course I can buy it, but it's like, I, I don't want to, I, I'm not yeah. willing to do that. Um, that. That's a really windy road to get to the point I'm trying to make, but do you, do you understand my frustration? Maybe you can talk about it as a more um, uh, collector who's been around a lot longer. Is how do you kind of get around that mentality of that frustration that comes with missing a drop and having to get it in other ways? I mean, I I totally understand it. I, I'm kind of in a unique situation because I've been in it so long that a lot of those as as the companies have grown. Um, the audience gets bigger. So a lot of those old covers that you could get easy now become more valuable and they become tradable. So I'm, I'm, I'm lucky on that regard, but it's been interesting the last year to use swag specifically. Um, their growth has, has kind of created a, a divide on, on what path they're going to take. So yeah, you want to keep some of these covers limited because you've always done that really well. But the pool is now bigger than it's ever been. We've gone from it being a lake to being like an ocean so should your specials now go from being this you know little sample size to maybe being the size of what was the original lake so you go from 10 covers that are limited to 100 covers well for them they're trying to limit the amount of well they're not trying to limit they're trying to allow the the game if you will of flipping and selling and everything else that goes with it to still exist the way it does the most interesting thing for me is what they're doing is not original, right? I mean, what Swag's doing is not original. Scotty, Scotty's aftermarket did it forever. It was just not as bold. They didn't, let me put it this way. It was not embraced and and brought to you as this is the way the brand is going to be. We're going to center around this. And that's exactly what Swag was, which is a great concept at first. But now as you grow, like you're going to have to make some choices. And we're, we're kind of seeing them make more choices because of all the head covers that are off at these major courses across the country they're now being available but likewise mm-hmm. people are still seeking those out so yeah you see a head cover you really want for 150 bucks that, that's tough enough to to go after but now if it goes aftermarket like the one you're talking about and we're hitting you know four digits in some yeah, cases I'm, like i that's, would assume that one would get up there yeah that's that's just to me <clears throat> even to me that's crazy and 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 i that's why i i have a lot but i i very much like you said i pick my avenues yeah. So when I when I pick my avenues, I'd use other things to to navigate that. But I don't know. It's hard. And that's when you look at somebody like Hatch, who's starting to do really cool stuff, and their availability is better. It's a lot better, actually. They still sell out, but they're not selling out 
instantaneously. And I mean, we could get into the whole bot discussion, whatever else, but I'm afraid I'm going to bore people if I get too far in it. You know, <laughs> you know that I could, I could keep going well, forever on this stuff. I, I feel like everyone collects something, right? So while we're talking exclusively about what would you call um, bag candy or whatever, <laughs> um, there, there's definitely there should be an understanding from the entirety of this audience, at least that you collect something, whether mm -hmm. it's sports memorabilia. Uh, I use the example Funko Pops, which my son and I have had a great time doing uh, Pokemon mm -hmm. cards. We've done a bunch of that sports cards. We're a big uh, Lego family. Legos. Yeah. Legos yep. are nuts now again. Um, you know, there, there, so there's always something to collect mm -hmm. uh, clothing. I mean, it's all there. So the idea that, limitations i mean i'm not even going to get into the insanity that's some of this clothing stuff like the what are those yeezy shoes or the oh, jordan I, yeah. shoes I, or... i've got high school golfers that are into yeah. heavy and it uh, that like i think it's insane and they look at me with the putter covers and like well you're insane too well, <laughs> thank you yeah you're kind of, you're, <laughs> i guess i guess you're right yeah, yeah we've all got our things so yeah that that's the hard part what's funny to me is Swag has always had this model of look, this is what you can do, you should do, and have fun doing it. And they they kind of make fun of the process. The flipper is always a good one. They sell for super cheap on the site, and then you flip mm -hmm. it for a, a bunch. Um the whole don't give a putt attitude. It's it's really funny, but then you look at some of the culture that's created in these discussion boards, and it's like you know, the, I, I saw I, I saw some pretty <laughs> aggressive emotions yesterday because Bay or not Bay Hill Sawgrass has a super limited cover that uh, does nothing for me. It's like this insane plasticky looking shiny. It's a, it's gold. a beautiful shiny gold. Sorry, beautiful <laughs> shiny gold uh, head cover that it like I'm I'm more of like the leather style. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm not I'm not really into that. What is the word for a shiny plasticky material? What is it called? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it's so loud. But a guy got his hand on hands on two, and the only way you can get him is to go to the actual course itself during the event, uh, and tried to sell him each for seven hundred fifty bucks uh, on one of the pages. And he's, you know, the reactions are. Don't get me started on reactions on posts. Like, please, people, relax. Uh -huh. But, <laughs> but the idea that this guy goes in there and does that and other people get upset about it. But the first thing they do when they hit on something is raise the price. So they don't want it. Yep. So, you know, that, that whole thing, the whole setting the price is baffling to me, but you know, I've, I've never been a fan of making money off of others for things. I've done nothing really other than beating a couple bots to, to succeed with. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm, I'm treading water in a, uh, in a swamp I'm not particularly familiar with. <laughs> Although, I, funny we say swamp because swamp thing is a really cheap cover right now, but um, shout out to 8-Bit. So, yeah, I, I want to circle over to Hatch because that's that's a good example. He has covers that are fairly available if you're quick enough. Mm -hmm. But then you hit some of these uh, late drops, so like 5, 10, 15 minutes after the original release, there will be something else that hits uh, and it's a more limited, fancier style, better material type of cover that no one really knows about and no one gets to see about. But the interesting thing about him is he's like a one or two man shop. So keeping it limited on his end is more about like what they can actually produce on a daily basis kind of thing, mm -hmm. right? So you have to limit that stuff. You have no choice. Um, do, do you feel like you get a different sense of 
community there just based on size? Well, Hatch is like, it's twofold. One, to me, it's, it's a lot like what Swag was at the beginning, which, I mean, if we go back to the very beginning, I made fun of Swag when they first came on the scene. I thought it was stupid. I didn't think, I, you know, like, I didn't think it would last. I didn't understand it. And then some of these designs come out and I'm like, well, that's kind of, that's kind of cool. And I've, I've always been flashy on a golf course. You know that I, I wear patterns. I wear loud socks. I wear loud shoes. I'm just going to uh, pause you right there. What you have an Arnold Palmer picture in your room and it is maybe one of the most flashiest things in there. If you pick Arnie to be flashy with, you're a flashy guy. So please continue. No, it's true. It, but but so it kind of fell into it naturally and and early on the pool was smaller and Hatch is kind of there right now, but Hatch kind of came off as almost a, a I don't want to call him a direct counterculture to swag because that's not that's not doing what Sean's done service. But it kind of has. There's been people that in the toxicity that goes on. And I mean, we're part, hey, we're part of golf online communities, uh, these forums. And the same thing happens there. Some get very toxic. Other ones are very much more like a community. You know, to me, Hatch is much more like the THP of the head cover world where there's there's like people encourage each other. If you want to find something still, people will help you. The special drops are there, but they're not priced insane. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe part of that's the fact that they're not trying to make putters as well. Um, I don't know, but it, it's, it's hatch has been refreshing to me because I'm not big on the egg. Um, I did a really cool interview with Sean uh, from hatch that's on, on the THP homepage. If anybody wants to go read that and, but the, their cool thing to me is not necessarily the, the art, but the materials, like you said, they are using some wild materials. Yeah. He even openly said like, I have so much stuff that I'm not even using yet. And, and well, that's I, like his, that, I like that he that, tries every week to do something weird. Yeah, and, that's and like even, his addiction. His well, addiction even, is collecting yeah. the materials. Like, yeah. whereas ours is, mine is collecting the head covers. It's, so I, I like that he posts his failures too. He says, yes. look, I, I tried to do something cool. Didn't really work out. Might end up being in one of the bad batch releases. Yeah, which uh, is another cool thing they do. Like they've got a bad, screw up. Like let's, let's egg. Yeah. Yeah. They, they put them out there because yeah. somebody's going to buy it and want to use it and think it's cool. Right. They put some extra stitching on it for bad egg. And there you go. Like, it's just a different, I don't know. We went way down the rabbit hole on this, but no, it's, you know, it's, it's good. Fun. It's, it's a conversation that should be had because I feel like golf is becoming so much more than clubs at this point. Uh, mm -hmm. Presentation is a big deal. Uh, and it's actually a, a point of, thing i wanted to talk about but before we do i want to circle back on the whole attitude people have towards each other and yes. and how they apply it uh, and i think that only comes up because when you post publicly how you feel most of the times most of the time right now doing that as a golf fan you're doing it in a probably your living room maybe a bathroom if you're having a you know particularly <laughs> tough day um <laughs> uh, but you have the freedom to either celebrate or attack people at your leisure with absolutely no repercussion. Um, and it's, it's very cheap and easy to do that. And, and frankly, the reactions I've seen plenty of people on the internet who thrive on getting reactions more than they do being right. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty funny to follow earlier this week. The, the PGA tour had the players only meeting where they outlined some of the new changes that are being made. Uh, to the updated schedules for, I guess, 2024. And uh, it was just prior to that that um, Han 
who has been incredibly vocal about the the current status and potential outcomes of the PGA Tour, uh, put him on blast on mm-hmm. social, I think on Twitter, uh, and saying that they're heavily focused on the top guys, but then opted to no-show the meeting where the discussion would be had uh, to air grievances or you know, take issue with some of the changes that are being made. So <clears throat> Rory came out and basically said, <laughs> well, I should, I should clarify it. Han didn't actually speak directly to Rory, but he did say top players is quite clear who he's speaking to. Well, he did um, he did the internet thing himself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then Rory comes back with a very blunt, you know, should have been there, kind of kind of lame to not show up. Um and it sounds like from what I've been reading, there's been a lot of changes that have brought it back to more of that middle of the pack mentality. And not to say that the the tour will not heavily favor the the players who are succeeding the most of course they should that's always been the platform there but uh, it sounds like it has based on what some of justin thomas's sound bites were it has kind of come back to the middle a little bit which is cool um what was your take on that whole experience do you, do you feel like uh and i'll lay it out people feel like rory shouldn't have attacked han uh people either applauded or hated him for doing it what was your take on all that well first off did you know that james hans 41 years old <laughs> now i do know that he has over 12 million uh, in career earnings on but, tour but i mean for real so the, the fact that he's 41 to me kind of plays into all this because i don't know he feels jilted like to me and, and that's kind of where we fall into this how people react to things now things are going on and he's not part of it because let's be real he's definitely on the tail end of things and he's going to have that giant gap before he can go play champions tour. So his argument is there should be more done for every single player on the other side of things without the top players, every other player doesn't get what they get and their piece of the pie has gotten better. Um, I don't disagree with some of the stuff that he said. I, I, I do think that he, him going about it in the Twitter way is the most current time thing ever. And likewise, Rory getting called out for attacking him is the most – it's it, it, it sums everything up right now because if somebody disagrees with something you say, you're attacking them. And that's, and, 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 yeah. and, and that's exactly what's happened here. Rory, Rory was not out of line because let's be real. In my mind, we all know who Han was talking to. Not Rory directly, but Rory is part of that group of players who is driving the PGA Tour and will drive the PGA Tour until the day he retires. Full stop, end of conversation. Rory draws eyes. So when you make a comment like that that's broad enough, you basically just don't have the guts to say the name. So Rory responded, and now Rory gets called out as attacking. That's where I have a problem with this. We're in this this current thing, and we see it some on, on, on... you know, social media on forums and everything else, where if you have an opinion on something that does not align with other people, they will flat out go after you. And it, yeah. it, we've lost the understanding that you can have differing viewpoints. And it really bothers me. This whole thing really bothers me, not because it's Rory and James Hahn, but because it's a microcosm of everything. You know, there was a time when um, the players who are up and coming or the players who are sort of mid level were almost appreciative of the success and the 
just basic skill of the high tier players uh, because they un- there was an understanding that without them, like Han-, Han, for example, right now is 305th in the world rankings, I believe. So without the guys who are top 10, like that, the quality of that broadcast drops dramatically from, I'm assuming, number one to number 50, number 50 to number 100, number 100 to number 200. You have to go 300 players down the list to get to Han. The reason why that money exists is because of the best players, right? Mm-hmm. That's It's a reasonable assumption. If you watch, uh, I'm trying to think of, baseball is a very popular sport. If, if you watch the Major League Baseball, money exists for those leagues below it because of Major League oh. Baseball, right? So, yeah. but But then you go to the, down to that next tier and you don't come anywhere close to making the same money. You don't come anywhere close to uh, drawing the same crowds. So the idea that, and I've been trying to bounce this around in my head. And it's funny because everything I do comes into this sort of live tour concept where it's like that additional tour type of thing. Do we have enough? I know we have corn fairy. I feel like there should be a feeder tour and a secondary tour that supports some of these mid range talent players. But I feel like what the PGA tour is doing right now is sort of isolating some of these high skilled players into tournaments that they obviously benefit from. And the money's really good, but it also creates potential elsewhere for the other players who are not that strong um, to be successful. And, and we have, I think there's enough events on tour right now that um, have a pretty low skill level from a uh, overall standings perspective that they can feature those tournaments, maybe go and try and win something because the big guys don't like the course or whatever it is. Um, You know, that's really convoluted, but what I'm getting at is I just feel like there's a lack of respect there. And I I look at things like Pip, like the, the idea that Tiger wins that comfortably and easily every year should be celebrated by every golfer ever because Tiger brought this game. Now, I don't I'm not talking about the stuff he did outside of golf. That nope. that's on him. Golf in general is wildly better because of Tiger Woods. So the idea that his relevancy is maintained and continues and they continue to pay him for it, I think everyone should celebrate that and frankly be thrilled about it. So the well, idea that uh, I'll, I'll let you go, but the idea yeah. that, <laughs> the idea that guys like Rory who have been relevant for a very long time and have generated a lot of interest in golf continue to excel and be in that upper echelon of players. The guys who are 300th or 200th or 100th in the, in the standing should still be appreciative of that enough to say, Hey, you've earned it. Go get it. Well, there's, there's, so there's two things for me. One professional sports are cyclical. Always all professional sports all notable professional sports. And I don't want to belittle some other things because, Hey, I had a blast watching darts and the world championships and stuff like that. And you could compete and stuff like that forever. But let's talk, let's talk golf. Let's talk hockey. Let's talk baseball. Let's talk football, uh, soccer. You go all football. Uh, you go on down the list everywhere. And it's cyclical. Younger talent comes in. They work their way to the top. They're the show. Eventually they go off into the sunset. Younger talent comes in. It's cyclical. The issue that we have, and this is where my issue with James Hahn is in particular, is he looks like somebody who never quite got to where he wanted to be. 
had some success. He's made, obviously made money, you know, over $12 million, but now he sees the cycle continuing and he's not part of it. So he does what we do now. And, and he, he kind of throws a little temper tantrum and it wasn't, let me know. I don't even think it was so much a temper tantrum. I think this is part of the problem of sharing your opinion on something like social media, because instead of saying it to a group of 10 or 15 buddies, you're now saying it to tens and hundreds of thousands of people, right? Possibly millions. Yeah. But, but the counter to that is why would he no show the meeting? Cause he felt like well, he was battling a battle or what? I, I, I'm sure it'll be something like it was going to be a hostile situation for him because of what he said and it'll be spun some way, but that's exactly what it is. Like if you're going to say it, then just show up and go to it. Now, slightly changing gears because you brought up the tiger thing there was actually a really interesting conversation that started on the forum yesterday about will tiger ever play the champions tour and yeah jack was saying that yeah so i i was always a staunch no guy but i could see it now because what did arnie and jack do for the champions them playing in that validated that tour and brought that tour more money than ever will we just talked about tiger and the pip right if Tiger goes and plays half a schedule, a quarter of a schedule, Champions Tour stuff, just majors and a couple others, think about how much more money he's going to draw to that game and to yeah. those guys. Well, think so about now the guys. So now the guys like Han, as they move to that era, are still going to benefit from the top guys. If he so chooses this to keep whole playing, thing. yeah. Uh, well, I, I remember even when Phil, and, and not to discredit Phil, but he'll never be Tiger. We know that. It's yeah. pretty simple. And when Phil played his Champions Tour events, uh, I he watched had, at least a couple of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, people were excited about it back when he was excited about <laughs> the tour series. <laughs> uh, you know that that's it's such a good point to make. Like, I, I I'm at a loss for words because I don't think Rory was wrong for saying if you have a problem, come out and say it. But I also don't think Han is wrong for airing his concerns about the tour. I think we live in a world at this point where you process publicly uh, and whatever sticks against the wall you go with. But I've been in enough board meetings. Uh, I mean, I sat on my own advisory board for way too long, uh, hilariously arguing against pretty much everyone who's twice my age, knowing fully well that they wouldn't look at golf the way I did. And I wanted to create a slightly different culture in a club that was aging a little bit. And I mean, I could post on social. I could talk to anyone in the bar I wanted to about it, and it wouldn't make a difference. But if I got on that board and vocalized my concerns uh, and and gave people an opportunity to look at it from a different angle, I always just felt better about it. And certainly if I was going in my commentary, and I remember saying this to a couple guys, my dad and a couple other guys, like, why the hell would you go through that? Nothing changes. And I go, you know what? If I can sit here in the bar and criticize the club, I better get on that board. Because if I don't, then I'm no longer going to talk about those things because I don't have a leg to stand on. If I'm not willing to do anything about it or vocalize my concerns to the people who are actually relevant to change, then what's the point? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, you I've always been that way. Like, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to say what I feel like I need to say. I don't really get bothered if somebody doesn't agree with me so much as long as you don't belittle my opinion. And if I've said what I believe and I've tried to show somebody a different angle of it all, then I'm happy. I'm content. Like I feel like I did something as opposed to just sitting there and yelling into an echo chamber and, and hoping for things to change without ever actually 
trying to go out and do change. I mean, I talk to my, my high school kids about this all the time. And the, sometimes you have to have what you're going to perceive as conflict with somebody just because you're having a conversation person to person about something that may not be comfortable. Like have that conversation, present the differing opinion, but present it and then back it up. Like I have, I still have no problem with what Han said, but he just go to the meeting. Just, just be go there to the meeting for an hour. Because, well, because like, to me, un- unfortunately for him, all the good points he did have by not going to the meeting, it kind of discredits a lot of that. Now there may be something steady. happened. Maybe, maybe there was something going on in his world, maybe whatever else, but he still could have reached out in that moment and said, Hey, I cannot attend. Here's why. And now Rory doesn't make that comment. So it's, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's yeah, there's no right side to it. So, okay. I'm, I'm going to counter this with the, our current cultural problem. I think is that you say, this is the reaction to people who feel strongly like they're, they're dudes who really dislike Rory out there. Mm-hmm. You just said, if he goes to that meeting, Rory wouldn't say that stuff. Well, yeah, he totally would have James. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why, I mean... why is everything so extreme? I want to talk about, I feel like there's been this visible divide between people who like live and people who like the PGA. And for whatever reason, the majority seem to really dislike the other side and anything to do with it is a problem. Like I miss the time when everyone hated Ian Poulter, (laughs) not just (laughs) the people who like the PGA tour. I miss the time when you could have a conversation and come to middle ground and not feel like you're disassociating with what matters because you're finding common ground. Like Mm -hmm. where did that go? What happened? I, I mean, initially, well, you and I had the conversation on here. Like when the live thing started, I was excited because I get to watch more golf. I'm going to get to watch guys who are probably not going to compete as much as they were on the PGA Tour, who I still like to swing. Let's watch swing a golf club. I don't like Phil. I don't like a lot of what he did. I like to watch Phil hit a golf ball, even when he's hitting it poorly. So I have more opportunity. But then it turned into something completely different. You're right. Lines are drawn. And I mean, it's a lot like our, our political system for lack of a better term. Like you're not, you're not allowed to be vocally in the middle. Everybody wants you to pick a side. And if you don't pick a side, you're wrong. And if you pick a side, you pick the wrong side. Like, come on. I just, I just want to watch golf. That's all I want is to watch golf. Yeah. Well, it just becomes a problem because what we all, we all collectively had golf in common and it feels like that's not enough anymore. You need to have both a golf and a preferred tour in common to, fall along the same uh argument lines as others it just it it like i i don't have a problem with live i i i was talking to my wife about it last night because she was trying to gauge my perspective after watching full swing and it certainly was a point of conversation so look i'm not i'm not going into the political side of this to draw perspective i didn't do that when i went and pumped my gas today um but i don't like I think if there was one thing I didn't like is creating relevance with an extreme amount of money that made absolutely no sense at the time. Uh, and it will take time to convince me that live is relevant just because they purchased a bunch of players does not sell me on the relevance of a tour. Uh, you need a little bit of history first. You need to create some sort of quality product before I'm going to overlook a tour that I know has quality product to spend time watching that. So it's not like I'm against live. I just, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not like super eager to go and watch the next tournament, but 
I don't understand why that perspective can't exist. I don't understand why when I say that to someone who's like super pro live, super anti tour, they're like, well, that doesn't work. You know, wrong. Also, Rory's a scumbag. It's like, okay, <laughs> relax. Like, I don't get it. No, I, I, I don't, I don't either. And honestly, I'm kind of glad I don't get it. Like, I don't, I like to talk about like, why, why, why are people this way? But I'm glad I don't understand it. Cause I, for me, I fear that means I'll start rationalizing it. I don't want to rationalize it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, there's, there's another thing I want to talk about. I, I feel like we've any further, we're going to start to get real political and I don't want to do that. Uh, <clears throat> So I was playing golf this weekend and we got to the second hole. I just want to repeat that. I was playing golf this weekend. I was playing yes. golf. I was playing golf this weekend. Okay. I was yes. so excited to be playing golf this weekend. Dude, <laughs> February and March, like genuinely February sucks. It is the worst month mm-hmm. of the year. I'm sorry if your birthday's on that month. <laughs> I don't hate you. I hate the month itself. Uh, it just sucks. It sucks the life out of me going through it. I cannot wait till it's over. And we've actually had a really mild winter, so I've gotten to play a couple of times. Um, and when I get out there this time of year, like, listen, I'm I'm a little bit emotionally volatile. Uh, it's not like I get to play every weekend. So the opportunity to get out there, like, I just want to have a great time um, and enjoy it. And we got to the uh, second green and the third tee box. And there's this one house that sits between the two that's always been fairly known as like a, not maybe not the best people, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> including hitting golf balls with a baseball bat at people in bunkers and you know, really? just, just getting in arguments with people on the goal. Very strange. So they were playing this random song. I'm not even going to tell you what it was, blaring <laughs> it from outside the house and they had it on repeat. It was not a song you want on repeat. Uh, it wasn't vulgar or anything. It was just obnoxious. Uh, and it just, it, it was baby shark, wasn't it? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> um no i'm not i'm not repeating it but it just it put me in a really weird spot and i couldn't like wrap my head around it because like first it was funny and then one of my playing partners found it on spotify and started playing and i think that's what really triggered me because i'm like look we all collectively went through that together it's time to move on <laughs> and i've already officially vetoed it from the playlist for the rest of the year um but it's funny to me i have like four things to say about this number one it is amazing to me how challenging it is in the off season to put everything together, to have a perfect kind of round. Like the, I feel like there's so much riding on a good round in the off season. It, it makes it a little bit harder to enjoy it um, because you're already struggling a little bit. The, the course conditions aren't perfect. And then, you know, you just want things to be great. Um, and then one other, th- one other little thing triggered me. It was just like, man, like, why can't this be enough? <laughs> I feel mm-hmm. like, uh, I feel like we all set this thing up through the, through our off seasons and and make golf into being something that's just like uh, emotionally refreshing perfect experience that you go out and do it again you're like oh wait this is actually kind of an abusive thing mm-hmm. <laughs> do you ever get that feeling oh yeah i mean i the, the the one the best thing that i've done in the last couple of years is i just have embraced this understanding that whenever i first really start and we don't i mean i get to hit golf balls year round like on the course some but once it once it hits november december january i don't typically i'm with the high school kids and i'm just i go hit a few balls and i'm with them more than i am working on my own stuff uh, but I've done a better job the last two years of embracing the fact that my swing is going to be rough coming out of not playing regularly. 
So I just go out and take it for what it is. And and I get caught in the moment of chasing scores and whatever else, but then usually a bad hole happens and I'm like, okay, well, that's done. So now I can just go hit the golf ball and I could just enjoy being out here with with, with whoever I'm with. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a very self-abusive game in a lot of ways. It's it's interesting. Um back when we first started playing together, I think I was still on like the the wrong side of getting really frustrated at bad stuff uh, and pretty, pretty decently cool about the good stuff. Um, and then I, I made that progression away from that into more of this like socialized golf experience, which improved my game exponentially. And, and for the most part, things in golf don't really bother me unless they carry over for like 10 holes. And at that mm-hmm. point it's like, all right, just leave me alone. You, this is a bad day. Let's all agree. It's a bummer of a day for me on the golf course. Let's just not talk about it. But uh, one of the things I can't shake, I cannot shake, James, is (laughs) etiquette quality. And I don't know if this was because of who my grandfather is or what my dad beat into my head during um, our playing days together as as a youngster. But it's like anything that doesn't align with the basic etiquette of golf really is really taxing on me mentally. I could hit three bad shots in a row and I'd be cool. Someone talks while I'm trying to hit a golf ball or, you know, does something inappropriate that doesn't align with the etiquette of the game. Then I start to really struggle. I, I don't know if that's me being crazy or if that's just me thinking that it's not golf when you do that. What, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I mean, <laughs> well, first off, you're not crazy. Uh, I think it's, I, I, I'm all about etiquette and I'm all about understanding that you should have the ability as a human being to grasp who you're with and what they're standing on etiquette and, and how the day is going to be and, and and how you do things on a golf course is, um, you know, me, I'm very, very malleable on a golf course. Like I, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I like I, I I have I have a lot of problems with a lot of old school dress code stuff, but if I go someplace where their dress code is a rule, I mean, well, last time I was at your club, I forgot that I got out of the car, I put my hat on backwards. I had totally forgotten about it. Like it was just a brain fart. So as soon as your pro said something to you and you tap me, like I turn it around. That's fine. That's not a big deal. Uh, there are a lot of people who make big deals about stuff like that. To me, you just got to understand who you're with and, and and who you're playing with. Like like for you, I typically shut up whenever you're hitting a golf ball, unless we've indulged ourselves and made too many birdies on the golf course, in which case fireball has eroded any common sense that we have at the moment. <laughs> well, I mean, you're, you're playing uh, to the, you're playing to the crowd, right? Yeah. Because if you're in the middle of a scramble and no mm-hmm. one gives a, um, I mean, the, but likewise for you, like, change, yeah. you know, for me, like if, if somebody's talking in my backswing, as long as you keep talking and like, it's a constant thing, I'm cool with it. That doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Now, when I get into a, a true competition and everything else, maybe that changes. I just don't, I'm not, I don't like how hard and fast we are sometimes with these things. Like this is it. Yeah. But. I think golf puts itself into trouble whenever it's so rigid. I love the tradition. Uh, I talk a lot of crap about, you know, traditionalists at times, because to me, there are things that you have to evolve as time goes on to make things more welcoming. But at the same time, the tradition that we have in this game and the etiquette is what makes it so different and sets it apart from everything else. 
Um, but you have to understand times change. So can we find a middle ground with it? But there are certain things. Fix your ball marks. I mean, I, I am relentless on my kids. Keep a pace. Play ready golf. Fix your ball marks. Be be focused on others and what they're doing on the golf course. Don't you dare damage the golf course. Don't you dare. And and these are things that are non-negotiable. That's interesting. Non-negotiable is an interesting way of putting it. And I feel like playing to the crowd is pretty critical in some conditions of the etiquette of the game. And, And I'll use talking because someone asked me about music a while back and I was like, look, I have no problems with people playing music, but play it at your level, not where people around you have to listen to it too. I'll never forget. We were down in um, South Carolina playing golf um, and people in our group, but not with us <laughs> were like three holes over playing like nineties or eighties rap and like just <laughs> blaring it. I'm like, do you guys even realize where you are? Like that's so inappropriate to be that <laughs> loud. Uh, but my perspective is when I played is like, look, the cart should hear it. And that's pretty much it. Like if I'm in th- at the green and my cart is, you know, 30 yards away, there's no reason for everyone to have to listen to my music. I think that's no. unfair. So when I look at things like that and, and I look the same way about talking, and this is a, this is a funny one because there's a couple of my buddies and who may or may not listen to the podcast when they ride together, they do not stop talking. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter they do not stop talking and it's great like they're having a great time it's cool i don't have a problem with that but like there's a certain time where you need to respect other people and if they're on the other side of the fairway and you have a voice that carries and Mm -hmm. they do just recognize where you are and either take it down to a level that only you two can hear it or just give give like that 10 seconds of courtesy between the things so like I don't have a lot of leeway for stuff like that. Uh, just as I don't have a lot of leeway for like not fixing a, a divot. But like you don't have a lot of leeway for it because all you have to do is be cognizant. Like that, <laughs> that's that, that, but for real, this is this is so I, I said non-negotiable. Yeah. But but one of my non-negotiable things with my kids is it is non-negotiable for you to not be aware of your surroundings. Know who you're around. Because just like in high school golf, five bags play a completely different game in the way they go about things than the one bags do. Like it's the the atmosphere is so starkly different. Hmm. Like the one bags are here. It's we have a job, we have whatever else. And the five bags are just kind of happy to be alive at times. Yeah. And, and and it can work both ways, but that group needs to be aware of the group behind them. And how they prefer things. It's just like with music. You and I have played on a course before where we have good music going. And typically, like if we're in a good mood with that and we pull up next to it, like we pull up close enough so I can hear it when I'm hitting the golf ball. Yeah. But the oh, other yeah. group, but, the other, but you're groups, the other that, groups, right? yeah, yeah. We're, you're yeah. making the choice and you're also aware of the other groups aren't going to want to hear it. You don't have to crank it up. But in those moments, like it doesn't have to be this hard and fast thing. And I think that's where I think it's where golf gets in trouble sometimes with the generation gap. Yeah. In terms of like no music, like I want to go outside and I want to hear nature. Well, that's cool. I have the ability to go outside, hear nature and also enjoy the music. <laughs> it, but I, I get, but at the same time, I understand yeah. their perspective because a lot of those guys from where it comes from, either the day to day is absolute chaos and it never stops. They're never stopped being talked to whatever else. So they, when they get out there, they want to just enjoy the moment. I respect that. Good for you for getting out there, but let's not be so combative combative towards different things let's have a conversation about it because i think the nice thing about golf and i will say with the boom some of it's changed 
especially if you play a muni course or public course. Some of it's changed because those people don't know the etiquette at all. And the, the game has to do a better job of being able to coach those things. But most cases, like if you tell somebody, hey, turn it down, they're going to do it. Most times, and, and if they're not, and they're going to come back at you and be a dick about it, then that's probably somebody you shouldn't be playing with anyway. Yeah, well, that's the interesting part is I look at it like, especially if they're people you play regularly with, if they're not yeah. familiar with what works and doesn't work for you, then you know, I, I feel like there's a lot more there than just lack of understanding. I feel like it's uh, there's more underlying it, things there. Total yeah, indifference. Yeah, um, and and I think you you had a good example of rolling up to your ball and hitting it and you can still hear the music. If I roll up to, there's a number of parts of my golf course where you roll up to one green and another tee box is fairly close. I will always, always turn my music down always. out of respect, regardless of who it is, unless it's a group in front of us. And even then I probably still, or a group that we know in front of us, even then I probably still will do it. I, I feel like that mm -hmm. just basic common courtesy of doing that is worth its weight in gold. Um, but I also think that's a part of what golf teaches is the understanding, like know your surroundings, uh, take care of the things that you, uh, put out of place, uh, roll your ball out of divots. Oh, I don't think that's on that list. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but I just feel like common courtesy is it, it's a critical component of this game and, and it's such an easy thing. Yeah. No and matter which really side of it you're on, no matter if you're like me and you're on the golf hoodie side of things. Yeah. Like it's still just common courtesy. Like so, if a course says no hoodies, don't wear a hoodie. I remember if a course one says time, you can wear hoodies, wear a hoodie. Yeah. It's simple. I, I remember one time and, and I'll always laugh with him if he brings it up. My dad, uh, he was going through a tough time. Uh, at that moment, we were out playing golf just trying to get away. And I think for eight straight holes, he was so wrapped up. It might have been a work thing. I can't remember. But every time we got on the green, I went to putt. He was shaking the change and the stuff in his pocket. And it was like totally, he didn't even realize he was doing it. Yep. And I think on like the 11th hole, I looked at him and I'm like, for the last 30 years, you've been beating it into my head what I need to be doing on this golf course. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> and he had no idea. And it was like that uh that basic common courtesy thing. And of course he stopped, you know, the, yeah. immediately stopped. But it was like if you just pay attention to your surroundings, you'll, you'll make a lot of friends. You'll have a really good time. Um, and then play, play, uh, my thought there is play to the crowd. So if you guys are all talking, if you're, if you're quiet on the first team by the fifth, you've had a few pops and you're all talking, then talk, you know, if everyone's talking while everyone's hitting, it's not a big deal. You set that expectation, right? You, you should be uh, able to, you should be able yeah. to feel the atmosphere yeah. in your group. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, that's that's a good chat. It's also something I'm curious about because I always put etiquette above dress code or dress the way people dress. I I have a deeper respect for people who dress a certain way or sorry, a deeper respect for people who have high etiquette for the game versus mm -hmm. someone who dresses nicely and treats the game like garbage, right? I feel oh. like uh, we we put a mask on with the way we dress, but then w our our true colors are shown in in the actions we have on the golf course. I, I assume you're in the same camp as I am. Yeah, I, I think that's our generation, though, Dan. Like, I think we're we're kind of we're behind the 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 couple generations that were very, you know, the way you dress tells everything about you. Like, I I can judge, not judge, but that first, you know, what was the old thing with tattoos? Never have tattoos. My grandpa. 
my grandpa was in the Navy, but all of his tattoos were to where he could wear a long sleeve shirt and cover them up. You would never see him because if he were to go somewhere on a job interview or whatever else, that was going to be one of the first things that's, that's looked at. Like, oh, they're not they're not capable of that. Well, our generation has an understanding. And the one behind us, for as much crap as they get talked about, they're even more this way and in tune with it all with the understanding that I can I can have high moral character about what I do and what I'm doing and take care of the little things like etiquette and things like that but I should still be able to have my personality look the way I do. So I think that's why, I think that's why we, we put etiquette on such a high standard because it shows that you care enough to follow the guidelines and the basic principles to respect what you're doing and respect the others. Yeah. And if, if you do that with, you know, if the course allows it, you do that with an untucked shirt, so be it. As long as you're doing all the other things, I'm cool with it. It's, uh, it's funny how things change that way, right? Like yeah. if I showed up with um, some bright colors on with my dad's group, they would most certainly have a comment about it. And um, if I, if I showed up with uh, a kid who is 21, 22, whatever it is, and he was wearing joggers and a hoodie, I probably wouldn't say anything about it. Assume exactly. he respected the game of golf. And, and exactly. I remember these interactions like this last generation before ours or two generations before ours was so focused on the way people looked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I look at them now, I'm like, you're, you're criticizing me for wearing golf pants that actually fit. And you're wearing things that you could probably fill with at least 17 loaves of bread and still have room for your legs in there. Like <laughs> who and looks you know more what? ridiculous? Like, <laughs> and, and, and generationally speaking, their way was right for them yeah, and, yeah. and times change. And I think that's where golf gets into um, kind of trouble. And, and I've had a lot of interactions on the forum on THP with people who, who don't like whenever I present that angle to them, but it's true. Like sometimes you don't have to go yell at the sky for being blue because somebody does something different. Like take a second to understand it all. Uh, my kids, the one thing I'm, I will always be proud of as, as I finish coaching. And if I go do something else is that everyone that came through and played for me, they have the ability to be in a group with an older generation and behave in a way that makes those guys after first judgment go, wow, that's, and it always happens. I always have people come up to me and say, Hey, those are good kids. Yeah. That means more than anything. Right. And, and then that, to me, that's how you change that divide. You don't have one yelling at, I should be able to wear what I want. And another one saying, you should button your top button. Like that's not, <laughs> that doesn't do anybody any good. No, like it doesn't. Well, these so, people get so, so upset about joggers and like, I love to make fun of joggers, but I don't, I'm not bothered by joggers. Like, there's a difference do, between making you. fun and, yes. and I'm, I'm sitting there laughing like, look, man, I I'm afraid of the sun. Like the sun hurts me when it stays on my skin too long. I'm looking forward to the days where men can start wearing capris or something. Like the more skin I can cover, the better. So, you know, <laughs> I was playing with our, our friend Andy last weekend and it was like, I want to say it was like 65 that day or 70. It was a really nice day. Crazy nice for February here. And I showed up in pants. He's like, yeah, I kind of expected you were going to. I was like, you know me, dude. I'm wearing pants until I can't, until I'm absolutely dying out here. Uh, you know, just that's who I am. And yeah. that's the way it goes. But, uh, you know, I, I, I look at all these kids who wear in joggers now and, and how upset people get about it. I'm like, why does that matter? Like, think of this. That kid got up and had a meaningful decision to get dressed and look nice for golf. Now, maybe not your version of nice, but there when he go. looks at your flood pants, he's probably going to feel the same way. He's going to feel like he's more dressed up than you are. So like having this sort of common understanding that as long as we align with the dress code, 
that's pretty much all we need to do. Um, <clears throat> the respect should be found on the course with etiquette. My dog is <laughs> allergic to March as much as I am. Holy, uh, you know, that, that sort of defines it. I think it's cool. You get to see that piece with the kids and you get it, you get a bit of a pulse on, um, the way that they're reacting in at least these times now. Um, and I'm, I'm happy at the idea that they can, can maintain and, and that you're mm-hmm. providing them with the understanding that, look, you can look a certain way if you need to, but you bet your butt you're going to follow the rules here. Yeah. And that's cool. That's good stuff. Well, we're, uh, we're dragging on my friend. We've had some really fun chats today. <laughs> As always, we, we have like six things that I didn't get a chance to talk to. It's players week. Um, <laughs> Lots of interesting discussion on the lack of previous champion being in the field, not being in the mm-hmm, field. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. kind of fun. Uh, so maybe maybe another time we can dive into that a bit more. I've uh, made a pretty deep commitment to learn the game of golf again, not from YouTube, but from my new pro at the course. We'll have to chat about that sometime soon. Oh, dude. yes, please. And uh I was actually really excited to talk about that. I was at the range last night in like 48 degree weather working on a couple positions. <laughs> you need, <laughs> you need grinding. yourself a, a nice indoor setup, sir. Yeah, that is <laughs> okay. So we're going to go along today. Screw it. I don't care. <laughs> we, we, uh, we've been looking at doing some work. So during that real cold stretch here, we had a window crack. So we're getting some windows replaced. And the guy who does that also does basements. And I'm like, all right, let's talk. Let's see what it takes. So he's he's going down, uh, looking around, seeing what the pricing is. And he mentioned the height of the ceilings. I'm like, yeah, they need to be about three feet taller so I can put a simulator down here. And he almost brushed it off like it wasn't a big deal. And listen, concrete floors in a basement, I know it's a big deal to change that. And I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. slow down here, friend. What do you mean it's not a big deal? Let's let's get these floors down a little bit. <laughs> he goes, well. You'll have to talk to someone about structural integrity. And I was like, well, you said it wasn't a big deal. I'm holding you to it. So <laughs> the, the, give, the, give me a quote. <laughs> yeah. The endless emotion that comes with uh, incorporating some sort of indoor setup is, has always been a big part of my life. But um, I, I know that in the new house, you have a spot that you're working towards. How's that coming along? So one of the big parts about this one is there's a three-car garage, and it's it's quite elongated. It's like a modern three-car garage because it's a new build. So being that we only have two vehicles right now, um, I kind of told Amanda whenever we we, we, <laughs> we signed everything, I was like, well, you do know like that I'm going to put a simulator in on that side, right? Because at the, the previous house, I've had a net and my launch monitor and that hooked to a TV so I could at least get data for reviews and stuff. But um, I'm actually using uh, Shop Indoor Golf and I'm putting in a full uh, full setup. I'm going to do a projector on the floor instead of ceiling mount it because eventually we're going to do some more uh, building additions out here as far as having an actual, you know, pool building slash game building and whatever, but it's going to serve as a full, you know, 10 foot screen and, and full simulator stuff for me. To, and, and they've been pretty, pretty awesome to help me fit out what I need for it. So I'm, I'm beyond pumped because this may mean I'll actually do drills and practice instead of just chase data. It sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I know getting better. That's yeah. awesome, man. I'm super excited for you. I, I think about it all the time, how much fun it would be. You know, spending time in the THB tech studio, mm-hmm. it was so convenient 
to talk about golf and then like have that golf high and then immediately hit golf balls. Yep. It's almost like cheating the game. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. I think it's interesting. You mentioned shop indoor golf because we are working on getting some time with them to record for the podcast. So keep an eye out for that. Um, hopefully we'll, we'll get some more information from your setup pretty soon here as you slowly build out and slowly coming in piece by piece. Awesome. (laughs) Well, Hey buddy, it's always fun with you. Yeah, I like you. You're not bad. You you're not a bad human being. You're not so bad yourself. <laughs> Is there anything you're super excited about right now? I think you got a couple shafts in that uh, uh, you're putting through the paces. Yeah, the uh, kinetics has, has a couple new driver shafts that have come in, and I I kind of urge you all to to go over to the THP uh, community and take a peek at some of the stuff that's going on there there in the release article. If you're a tech nerd, um, that one that I wrote is pretty pretty tech heavy, and it's going to get heavier. But it looks like Kinetics is finally going to come out and 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 boldly place themselves amongst everybody instead of just staying in the background and being happy about it. Uh, performance has always been there, as you know, but now they're they're swinging for some big boys. So it could get it could be a really really fun year. That's exciting. Looking forward to seeing what comes from that too. Uh, always interesting hearing the insights from Jason. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to read up if I see if we can come back on the pod to chat some more. Always a very, very interesting conversation. A very smart conversation. Do you uh, do you have any questions for me before we wrap it up today? I don't, dude. I've got nothing. Should I buy a mallet? No. Did Hell you know no. that did you know that February is mallet month for me? Mallet ponder month? I got through another one. I thought we were going to get through this whole freaking show without having to do this. <laughs> we're not doing it. It's fine. It hasn't happened uh, yet. I'll tell you what, when I buy a mallet, you can come back on and grief me. <laughs> I, I will. Yes. Immediately. <laughs> All right, my friend. Hey, if you guys are golfing out there this weekend, have a great time. Don't let the little things bug you. Be thrilled. You're playing. Uh, I, I might try and play Sunday. It's looking a little bit cold, but uh, have a good time. Enjoy it. Enjoy the players and we will catch you next week. THP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode.